0: I believe that with all my heart. Uh, we started last week talking about prayer and fasting, and and we're going to be since we're in a season of prayer and fasting for many people, uh, it's new. It, maybe you've never done it before. Maybe maybe you've heard about it, and maybe fasting was was you know recommended to you by a by a dietitian or a doctor for weight loss or whatever. We we know about those things, and and there's a big thing now about about intermittent fasting. That's a real big uh, health um a move that you know stop eating, you know, at a certain time of night, like whether it's, you know, six o'clock or something like that, your last meal, and don't eat your next meal until 12 o'clock the next day, Have, you know, 18 hours that you give your body rest. There's, there's all these things that, that doctors and science guys are, are figuring out that work well with systems. And, and I just come back and I say, well, God knew about this from the beginning. He knew that fasting was good for your body. He knew that fasting was going to be good for your soul. And he knew that fasting was definitely going to be good for your spirit. And so we started talking about this last week, and we'll continue again on the uh, the lines of prayer, uh, really the portion of prayer next week. But I want to remind you of some things. Some things will be uh, familiar, and some things will be probably unfamiliar. We're we're a church of diversity, not only age, but also not only ethnicity, but we're a church of diversity of of spiritual development. Some have been serving God for a long time, like me, over 40 years, and and others have been serving God only for a couple years or a couple months. So we want to go over some of the things that that prayer and fasting are going to do for you and some things that the scripture says that you can expect and have have faith towards what God will do for us collectively, but what God wants to do for you individually. All right, everybody? Look with me to Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 14. This is actually the first question that came to Jesus talking about fasting. Matthew 9, verse 14. The disciples of John, this is John the Baptist's disciples, they came to Jesus, they came to him and said, why do we and the Pharisees, notice why do we and the religious folks of the day, the Pharisees fast often, we, we do this often, this is part of our lifestyle, but you and your disciples, your disciples, they don't fast, they don't fast, so that's the question. Here's the answer, verse 15, Jesus says, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? Can, can, can the folks that, that have, the, have the bridegroom with them, can they actually mourn while the bridegroom's with them? Well, well, of course you shouldn't be mourning. This should be a joyful time when the bridegroom is with you. Verse. He, he goes on to say, but the times or the days will come. The days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. And then they will fast in those days. Come on, say they will fast. When the bridegroom's taken away, speaking of Jesus, when he, he's, he is the bridegroom, when he's taken away, when his earthly ministry is done and he goes to heaven, when his time on earth is done, is completed, he says the, those, those disciples, uh, those that are connected, he said, they will fast then. Uh, then he says something really interesting, verse 16 and 17. He says, no one puts an unshrunk cloth on an old garment. And for the patch to pull away from the garment, and there'll be a tear, and it'll be made worse. You don't put new wine into old wineskins, because the wineskins break. The, the, the new wine is fermenting, and if you put it in old wine skin, it, it's going it's to crack, and it's going to break, and it's going to spill. It'll be ruined. And he says, new wine has to be put into new wineskins, and both will be preserved. Uh, This past week, I sent you just something, um, one of the days, maybe it was Saturday, I can't remember exactly what, what, what day it was, but prayer and fasting, I want to encourage you, prayer and fasting isn't about you, prayer and fasting is about who? We're not just doing something to, to, to push back from the table, push back from a meal, uh, change and alter our eating, change to, to like a Daniel fast where, where, where they asked, you know, Daniel said, hey, we don't want to eat the king's delicacies and, and eat like everybody else. We'll just give us some, just give us 10 days where we can have some, we can have some uh, vegetables and, and, and some soups and and not eat all the delicacies and the sweets and the fats and the meats and all that stuff. We will just get alone and we'll, we'll give us 10 days and, and the guy came back after 10 days and says you're, you're, you and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, your appearance looks a whole lot better than everybody else. So we're not just doing it just for appearance sake. We're doing it for spiritual sake. So fasting isn't about you. It's about who, who God is, who God wants you to be. It's about internal change that we do something externally. We get our body involved. We'll believe what God wants to do on the inside of us as well. Uh, um, our, our flesh, my flesh as well, it wants to continually. It wants to continually talk to me. My my my, my eyes want to be on my flesh. Self-preservation. It wants to sleep right. It wants to eat right. It wants to be pampered. All of us do. And so the fast, when we add fasting to our prayer, it's breaking the, the, the epitome of self in our life. Really, when we sing that song, no one, no one, no one, no one, no one, Lord above you, except for a lot of us, me included, sometimes self gets on top of God. And God's saying, I, 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 "I won't. I won't work in that environment. I, I, I've got to be number one in your life in every area of your life. And fasting is going to get you and get me to get our bodies in control, so that we cannot let our bodies dominate us. And we're going to be able to hear God. And we're going to be. God's going to be able to show some things to us that maybe are our, our constant." Pursuit of self and our, 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 our just getting our life all worked around the world and worldliness and what consumes us—it's going to break that for this season and propel us in a way where we can see and hear God like never before. Anybody down with that? Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Um, and so, what Jesus is saying when he combines this this when the bridegroom's taken away, uh, my disciples are going to fast in that day. And then he talks about cloth. (laughs) You know, talks about, you know, you don't put a piece of untrunk cloth on a new garment because it's going to pull away. There'll be a tear when it dries. It's not made of the same stuff. You don't put new wine in an old wineskin. What is he talking about there? What he's talking about there is that when we add fasting with our praying, it's going to allow you to see the new thing that God wants to do. Listen, I believe with all my heart there are new things right now in this season that God wants you to be aware of. But many times, listen to me, me include. I'm talking to me, my eyes are clouded, my eyes are, are cast about what I'm doing, my schedule, my family, my money, my body, planning vacation, the business you're doing, uh, coming here, going, whatever, that we deal with in this life, fasting Added to your praying is going to allow you to see the new thing God is doing. Now, now, totally in context, what Jesus is talking about, he's talking about that the old system of the law is going to be replaced. With a new system, the old system of the law cannot contain this new system that he came to bring as king of kings, ushering in a time and a season that we're in of the church and grace. We're no longer under the Old Testament. We are in the New Testament of grace and his love. Can I get an amen? Listen, when you sense something new is supposed to happen... Add fasting to your praying for discernment. Here's where we, I think here's where we miss it. We said something should change in us, with us. A stronghold in your life, a past thing that comes to you, a, a situation with your family, a situation in the world, a, a, a big deal that comes to Chula Vista or San Diego or La Mesa or San, San Isidro, wherever you live, something that's just catastrophic, something that grabs everybody, something that everybody's focused on. What God wants you and I to do is to fast. And to pray about it so that you can hear and see and discern what's really happening. And then pray effectively about it. Jesus was the bridge from the Old Testament to the New Testament. From the old wine to the new wine. That's what he's telling us. God used the Old Testament. Of course he did. But now he uses the New Testament of grace. So listen to me, as a New Testament believer, you can't function under an Old Testament law. It's different. It's completely changed. Listen, it was good then, it's just not needed now. The milk was good when you drank it two weeks ago. But now it's expired. It's no longer good. And what we see Jesus saying is that Jesus is saying, I'm not just coming here to fix some things. I'm coming here to replace some things. So the time of the groom, the time of the bridegroom, he's saying to his disciples and saying to John and the Pharisees, we don't have to do a whole lot of fasting right now, but when I leave, you're going to need to fast. You're going to need to press in because I'm doing something new. I'm going to do something new in you, with you, for you, to you, through you, that you're going to have to have discernment of what I want to do. And you're going to sense things sometimes in your life, and there's going to be some things that come up that you go, why is this going on? Or this shouldn't be going on that God says, you can't stop there with the why. You got to press in with the who when he gives you wisdom and gives you discernment so you know how to pray effectively and take authority over that stuff can I get a clap your hands all you people yeah so listen don't look at prayer and fasting as what you're giving up but look at it and what you're gaining you're becoming more aware of Him. You're becoming more aware of His presence. You're, you're discerning some things. God's going to work in me. His will is becoming more and more alive in me. I, I, the Holy Spirit is going to reveal some things to your life, to my life, to leave alone. Going to reveal some things in your heart and your life that, that that maybe are some strongholds or some struggles in you that maybe you just not want to address. And all of a sudden there's a little bit of light from the Holy Spirit. Not to pin your ears to the wall, but so that you can see it and through prayer and through faith fasting, you rid that from your life forever and ever. I believe after these 10 days, come on, after and a lifestyle, so like I said last week, we're just not going to quit with 10 days, I mean we are, but we're going to be praying more and more and more as a church, we're going to have regular times of fasting and prayer because I believe this is the time that God wants to do something in you and with you and I said to you and through you and for you, with your family, in our city, come on, in our nation, how many know our city, in our state, in our nation need Jesus, come on, Come on, right? And I believe God's going to do something in you and God's going to do something in me. Now, when I say leave the old, Old Testament, I'm not talking about leaving the ancient path like Jeremiah said. We, we don't leave the ways of the old saints. We don't leave the ways of the... Old prophets—we're not throwing that away, but 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 we don't view it the same way. We, we have the same passion. We we're, we're, we're going to pray. We're gonna we're gonna we, we believe in consecration. We believe in holiness. We believe in dedication. We, we believe in salvation. Come on, we, we believe God's work, and we we believe in prayer. We believe in fasting. So we're not throwing that stuff out like that's law. No, no, no. I'm asking God in this day, in this age, we want all that, but we want it under God's grace, not law. Like we're looking at somebody funny like, what are you doing? No, no, no. We're going to believe God, that God's working in everybody's heart, doing what God wants to do in each and every one of us. And we're believing God and calling God to do a new thing in us, a new thing in this generation. Come on. I want to see Chula Vista saved. I want to see San Diego saved. I want to see California be the beacon of the United States of America. I want to see people rush back into California. Not 500,000 people since 2022 leave California. I want to see people flood in here to say, I'm not coming uh, because of the politics. I'm not coming because the house prices. I'm coming because we need Jesus. Could he, do, could he do it again? Come on, ever? Could he do it again? I believe he can. I believe he can. And when Jesus tells us this in Matthew chapter 9, listen, God made us already new wine. He made us new wine, a new kind of person. By the way of the new birth and being born again. And, he, and, he, and he, he, he gives us a body. But how many know your body hasn't been made renewed yet? It's not new yet. It's not, it's not, it's not a glorified body. It's not perfect yet. But listen to me, here's the problem. Let me give it to you on the first Sunday of 2024. For Christians, God puts new wine in our lives, but many people go back to an old way of living, believing, and expecting. And so we got new wine on the inside, we got a new nature on the inside, we got a new Lord on the inside. I've been made new on the inside. But we take the new cloth and we attach it to an old garment. And all of a sudden, there's a tear. And believers who are constantly in and out and on the fence, or as the book of Revelation says, they're lukewarm. We we, we just, just don't know if they're hot or they're cold. Just don't know if they're in or they're out. Just don't know if they're serving God or not serving God. Just don't know if they're, if they're holy or ghetto. Can I get an amen? Can I say it that way? Don't, don't, know, where, don't, don't know if they're going to hug you or knife you. Come on, we just don't know. <laughs> new cloth can't be attached to an old garment. New wine. You can't put the new in the old or else there's going to be ruining. So Jesus says, you I, we have to become a new vessel, a new vessel, a new vessel. What's the process of becoming a new vessel to contain the new wine? Part of the process is this. You fast and pray and make your body submit to the will of God. We have to. One translation says this. You have to kill by starvation the things going on in your life. We, listen to me. You can actually scripturally starve strongholds out of your life with the word and with the spirit, by the agency of fasting and praying. Romans 12, 1. I've added some words from different translations, so look with me there. I beseech, urge, beg, exhort, appeal to you, therefore, by the mercies of God. No, the mercies of God, not the law of God, the mercies of God. That you present your bodies. You present your bodies. Dedicate all of yourselves Set them apart, set apart your body as a living sacrifice, holy. Your body, God says, I want your body holy. It's acceptable to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service, and it's your spiritual worship. Just like a moment ago, we worship God from our spirit, from our soul, our body involved. We're singing. He says, you get your body involved in everything I'm commanding you to do. I'm urging you. I'm beseeching you. I'm begging you, Paul says and writes to the church, that you do this. You present your bodies, a living sacrifice. In the Old Testament, whenever you saw the word sacrifice, it was alive. But how many know the sacrifice became dead? So he says, treat your body as dead, yet, Paul says in Romans 6, as alive unto me. So we have to kill. We have to <laughs> deprave. We have to crush the dictates even of our own flesh sometimes so that we can press in with God and, and, and hear him and allow his spirit, the new wine in us to work so that we can be everything God wants us to be. I'm convinced, I'm convinced, I never have read anything from any great man or woman of God that didn't fast and pray. This is part, this is part of the church life. This is part of who God wants all of us to be. And you might say, well, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not called to preach. I'm not called to go to the nations. I'm not called to be a pastor. Are you called to be a mom? Are you, do you, come on, do you have a business? Is everybody okay at your business? Have you ever had anybody go sideways you work with? Have your kids ever not been little holy blessings? <laughs> so listen, fasting is going to disconnect us from our flesh and the world. And it's going to connect us to God. You're going to hear God. Listen to me. You're going to hear God clearer so you can pray more effectively. You're going to hear God clear so you can pray more effectively. So, so you, I said a moment ago, but what, what, what do you do? What, what do you do when in culture, when in your own life, what do you do when you see things going on? And again, in your life, your family, culture, the city, the world, whatever, our nation. Uh, what, what do you do when you, when, when you see stuff like that? What's your response? You know what most Christians are? I guess I don't do anything. What? I, I, I don't, Can I do anything? most people don't do anything and yet we have an arsenal at our disposal to bring change in our own life our family our city our state and things around us and the arsenal is praying with fasting we, we, we read this last week but I'll read you the scripture before the scripture this is God coming to Solomon after Solomon actually built the temple the first temple for uh, the, 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 the Hebrews to come and worship God. And he says this, God says something to him really interesting in, in, in 2 Chronicles seven thirteen. He says this, when I shut up heaven, in other words, if, if there's ever a time that you that, that the, the, the people quit worshiping me and quit leaning on me and get get, get so uh, connected to culture and, and so enamored and, 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 and culture is affecting everything they do, he says, but when I shut up heaven, you, you, you're going to know what's going on. He says, society is going to, and what goes on in the world is going to tell you what's happening because of what you're not doing. And he says, if I shut up heaven and there's no rain, there's no rain. Or I command locusts to devour the land. Or I send pestilence among the people. Uh, and when you start seeing stuff going on in your own life, when you start seeing stuff going on in your family, when you start, you, you got to ask yourself a Question. Am, am, am I, Lord, am I stepping out of line? That's the first thing you should do. self analyze you know, be, be analyzing yourself. Lord, am I missing it somewhere? Am I missing it somewhere? That's good to do from the Holy Spirit. But then, when you, you, know, you know, if you're okay, that's, that, that, that's cool. Get, 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 get God working in your life. Get the word of God working in your life again. But he says the first response should be an internal response. But then he says this, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Check it out. Then, come on, they yell then. Then. Then I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. And again, we know this, this is an Old Testament scripture. I said a moment ago, we're in the New Testament grace, yet God tells Solomon, if my people, and not about you, but I'm still a people of God. How about you? So we've been called by his name. We've been called by his name. So our first response is to humble ourselves. Whenever you see humility in the Old Testament, almost every time, fasting is attached to it. Humble ourselves with what? One of the ways we come to God is we add fasting to our praying. Humble ourselves, we can bow our knees, we can raise our hands, we can lay prostate before the Lord. We can, we, we, we can just we can cry out to God. There's all kinds of ways that we can do it, but humility also includes fasting, denying our flesh what we want because we want God more than we want food. We want God to sustain us more than we want food to sustain us. And he says, when you see this, if my people, when you see what's going on, you're called by my name. If you'll humble yourself, if you'll pray, if you'll seek my face again, he says, and you turn from what's going on, you realize I've not been pursuing you. I, I've not been hungry for you like I need to be hungry for you. And, and, and I'm leaving all that. I, I'm hungry for the Chargers. I, I'm hungry for the Macy's sale. I, I'm hungry for my own thing. Come on. But, but I'm just not hungry for you. You can make yourself hungry. By what you focus on, by what you think about, by what you watch, by what you pursue, by what your attention is on, you can make yourself hungry. Amen. And he says, I'm going to hear from heaven. I'm going to forgive your sin. I'm going to heal the land. Man. So God told Solomon at the end of that, he said, when you do this, Solomon, he says, my, my, my eyes are going to be attentive to you and my ears are going to be open to you. He says, if you just turn toward me, listen to me. God is attracted to humility. He's attracted to humility. The world is attracted to pride. The world is attracted to TikTok followers. The world is attractive to who's got most Instagram likes or followers on YouTube. God says, I'm attracted to humility. If you'll bow your knee, if you'll humble yourself and pray, I'm attracted to that, I'll come, I'll meet you. We found out from Matthew chapter six, Jesus said, when you fast in secret, God says, I will meet you in the secret place. Amazing. Every year, every, uh, the first Sunday of every year, every good pastor has to read Isaiah 43. So since I'm a good pastor, I gotta read portion of it to you. <laughs> Verse 16. Look what it says. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the Red Sea. Come on. Anybody remember what he's talking about? Come on, Red Sea. Come on, Moses, or Moses, Pharaoh. Ten, come on, 10 plagues. He says, I called forth the mighty army, verse 17, out of Egypt and all its chariots and horses. I called them forth. Notice they went forth. Interesting how God knows what's going on. Pharaoh went chasing after him, but God said, I'm the one who told him to chase. How many believe God's in control? Come on, everybody. Come on, on, God's in control. Come on, God's in control. He says, I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned and their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candlestick. Verse 18. But forget about all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm about to do. I'm going to do something new. Come on, let me say something new. Come on, come on, something new. new. Come on, new wine, in a new wineskin. I'm going to do something new. See, I've already begun, the prophet says. I've already begun. Do you not see it? I've already started it. Can I tell you again, I've been saying for three weeks now, and I'm going to say it till you get it. God is moving across your deserts. Come on, the Holy One is coming. He's, come on, he's coming in our city in a new way. He's coming in our nation in a new way. He's coming in every heart that's hungry in a new way. Can you not see it? Fasting's gonna allow me to expect it, see it. God, you know, every day, like like Lord God, I'm getting up, I'm praying, I'm gonna seek you. Is this the day you're gonna do something amazing? I'm gonna be like Anna. I'm I'm gonna serve you with word and worship you with fastings and prayers. And she comes to the temple. Every day she's in the temple and nothing's happening, but she's 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 believing God that the Messiah is coming. I got this heart, I've got this thing in my heart, I've got a discernment in my heart that this is the time. And she comes to the temple, and there is the Messiah. Come on, you come into the place at the right time with the right people. And God just opens up a door and he does exactly what he showed you he's going to do. Come on, God is doing something new. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. So again, the prophet speaking on behalf of God, he says, man, do do you remember the most? Do you remember the, the most prominent story from the Old Testament? Do you remember the ten plagues? Do you remember Pharaoh? Do you remember, you know, the cloud by day, the fire by night? Do you, remember man, do you remember all that when God brought them out? Do you remember the blood over the house and the death of the firstborn? Do you remember all that? Then he says, forget about it. Come on, he's from New York. Forget about it. Come on. Sorry. He says, I'm about to do something that far exceeds that. Can you believe that you haven't seen the best yet? Listen to me. Have faith. As we fast and we pray, we have faith and expectation that God's not done with me, you, your family, the call of God on your life, the will of God, the body of Christ, the church. The earth, come on, will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Can I get an amen at somebody? Listen to me. When we add fasting to our prayer, like what he's telling us here, we get to see new vision and new dream. Fasting allows you to see something you haven't seen yet. It'll raise your expectation to the horizon. It'll lift your eyes above just what you see day in and day out with an expectation in your heart where you say, I haven't seen it with my natural eyes yet, but listen, there's something going on in here that God is moving. God is moving. One last portion of scripture this morning. Haggai. and We don't know if we're saying the brother's name right or not. It could be Haggai, something like that. He's probably going to tell us when we get to heaven, you know, you pretty much mispronounced my name for my whole life. Haggai chapter 2, look at verse 3. Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? What he's saying is that he's drawing their attention back when Solomon built the first temple versus what they came back to rebuild. The temple had been destroyed All the relics, all the gold, all the stuff had been stolen. The nation of Israel, the folks came back and they started rebuilding the temple. Zechariah was part of that. We know Nehemiah was part of that. We know there was prophet Zerubbabel was part of that. And he says, he says, who among you is left when you saw that first temple, that that temple in its former glory, the glory that was there. Did did you remember that? And he says, look, look, how, how do you see it now? How do you see it now? In comparison with it in what we've got so far which was nothing the building was smaller all the gold all the stuff all the the intricacies was not even anywhere comparable he says how do you see it now is it as nothing in your eyes how do you view it now let's let's bring an application to all of us quit rehearsing The past. Listen to me. Pre-COVID church ain't never going to be like that. Quit crying about who left you. Quit crying about what was gone from you. What was stolen from you. Who left you? Who hurt you? Who dissed you? Who didn't answer your texts and your phone calls? Quit remembering all that. The word comes, verse 4. Yet now, come on, somebody, yet now. now. Be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, come on, something. Be strong, son of Josadak, the high priest. And be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord. And work work get busy i'm with you says the lord the work they were doing was building the temple the work god's called you and i to do is to build our spiritual lives number one build our spiritual lives sure we serve Sure, we do so, so many amazing on the dream team serving here the number one thing we do is we the work we do in prayer draw near to jesus so 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 every day Gary, be strong right now. We're fasting, we're praying. Be strong, be strong, be strong. God's hearing, God's moving, God's God's building. God says this, he says this, I am with you. It's the last thing he says, I am with you. So be strong, Zerubbabel, be strong, high priest. Be strong, all you people. I am with you. I'm not just with them. I am with you. I'm with you. Check it out. According to the word, Check it out. According to the word I covenanted with you, when you came out of Egypt, my spirit remains among you. Don't fear. Listen to me. Dust off, dust off that old word that God gave you that you think he doesn't remember anymore. Remember, according to the word I covenanted with you, I told you this is what I want to do in you. This is what I want to do in the city. This is what I want to do in the church. This is what I want to do in your family. I'm not done. I covenanted this word with you. Don't fear. My spirit still remains on you. I'm still here for you. For thus says the Lord once more, a little while. I will shake the heaven and the earth. The sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. This is Jesus. And I will fill this temple with glory. The temple they were building looked like, nothing like Solomon's temple. You know, after they built the temple, the the, the 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 power of God came in there. The cloud came in that the priests couldn't even stand up to minister. The scripture says. the temple they were building now looked like nothing. Listen to me. And maybe your life looks like nothing right now. But can I tell you, if you'll stir up the new wine on the inside of you, you are going to taste and see a new kind of glory you haven't. Come on, there's something new for you right now in this season. I believe it with all my heart because the last thing that he says in verse nine is the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. Come on, the glory of the latter temple now, we're not just talking about a church, but listen, we are talking about a church, but we're talking about you, number one. The glory of this ladder temple. We are now, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on, God dwells in me. Come on, God. Come on, the Spirit of God dwells in me. I've got a cloud in me. I've got God in me. I've got life in me. i got hope in me. i got His Spirit in me and you do too. The glory of the ladder temple will be greater than the former. So whatever you read about in the Old Testament, he says it's going to be greater now. We, listen, collectively, you individually are the temple, but we collectively, when we come together, even like I said, Thursday night praying, and when we come again on Tuesday night, we collectively as individual temples come together and form a building wholly filled and flooded with God himself as we join one another and we're connected with one heart and one mind and one soul, praying, searching for him, seeking him, desiring him, wanting him in a new way. And God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon you. Come on, somebody. God filled the Old Testament temple with His presence. God fills the New Testament believers with His Spirit. And God fills churches as we seek Him. I want to be a church that seeks God. I want to be a people that's hungry for God. I want to be a people that says, I've got new wine in me. I'm not going to let my old wineskin skin be cracked. I'm going to bring my wineskin to you with fasting and asking you, Lord God, to change me, to work in me because I want to see you. I want a church to be such. And maybe you all have been in some, some, some places. I sure have. And like I said, I think we experienced it a little bit on Thursday night where you walk into a room and you just go, something's different. Something's different. God's presence abides and God's presence resides there was always in the temple listen to me a residue of his spirit there was always in his temple where the priest would walk in and buy the articles all around when they'd walk into the holy of holies a candlestick burning The Ark of the Covenant with the mercy seat over it and the angels, aware of God, aware of God. And God tells Moses to tell the high priest, tell them, I'm going to meet you right there. Listen to me. I believe every single day in your personal prayer time, and for sure when we gather together corporately, we are coming together to have, the scripture says, a holy convocation a time of holiness where we come together and we meet the Lord, the desire of all nations. Come on, stand with me. Would you do it all over the room? Come on, would you lift your hands all over the room?